Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we talk about the actionable ideas to help grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, Vice President of Marketing here at Reminder Media, and I am with Luke Acri, President of Reminder Media. Let's go, let's go. And today we have, in the words of Luke Acri, a freaking awesome video or interview, (laughs) I think think we have today with a guy that is sure to leave a lasting impression with you. Our guest today is a real estate expert and investment strategist who has taken his experience and passion for the real estate industry, using it to help get his clients unstuck and help his investors make millions of dollars in real estate. Having been been featured in Inc. Magazine, Forbes, and the Huffington Post, he is the author of the book 100 Doors, Build Wealth Through Real Estate Cash Flow, the host of the podcast Bulletproof Real Estate, and has his own video series, Unlock Now, where he helps clients find homes, but more importantly, educates them throughout the entire process of what they're buying and why they are choosing to buy that. From small to large companies, he has coached his clients to find the wealth of opportunity for new marketing strategies and tools to maximize results. Andy Dane Carter, welcome to the podcast. What's happening, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Dave, welcome. So guys, I am super excited for you to hear this gentleman's story. He has impressed me. Just to give you an idea, because I want to give you this guy some kudos, just to give you some idea of how much he is blowing up. I met him at the Disruptor, which was a couple months ago, and he had, I think, like 70,000, maybe 72,000 followers on Instagram. He's at 162,000 followers on Instagram. Now, <laughs> anybody out there, and I know my audience, you guys are list, you know, trying to grow your Instagram like we are. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do consistently and do well. This guy is literally blowing up his Instagram. But here's the thing that really stands out to me. We interviewed an agent, Nick Aarons, and the podcast hasn't come out yet, but I want to share this because I think it speaks volumes about the gentleman, Andy Dane Carter, who we're about to interview. He shared with me offline of our podcast, so I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. <laughs> he got a lead for his real estate business that was a big-time lead, like million-dollar type deal lead. He didn't know what to do at all, but he knew... Andy, and he knew that Andy probably knew what to do in a deal like this, so he figured, I'll just give the lead to Andy, and Andy can work it. He called Andy and said, hey, Andy, you know, basically, I'm going to give you this deal, and Andy told him, I hope I'm not making your blush right now, Andy, but (laughs) Andy told him, no, man, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk you through the steps, exactly what you need to do to close this deal and get the job done so you can learn. That's the type of guy this guy is. That's why I think he's having the success he's having. It's because of just that, like he has the chance to take a multi-million dollar deal or whatever it was off the table, but instead he's giving it right back out there. And I'm a firm believer what you put out is what you're going to get back. And so excited to have you here, Andy. Would you introduce yourself? You know, we always like for, you know, the interviewee to give kind of the 30,000 foot view, the 30,000 foot story of their life. So if you would go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and tell us your story, kind of how did you end up here today? That is a long, long road, but I'd be more than happy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, it goes way back to when I was a kid. I mean, I had nothing and we were raised really, really poor. And I learned from a very young age that it was either going to be provided for by me or that was it. (laughs) And so my mom worked really hard. She was a single mom. My folks split when I was four. We moved back to Long Beach and she struggled, you know, she was, you know, she worked 
got like three jobs and she just did what she could. And we didn't have much. So for me, probably about the age like nine or 10, I really realized that like, there's only, there's only one way for me and it's going to be to work. I hated school. I was a really good athlete, but I was a terrible student because I didn't care. Like I did not care about like all the stuff like in space. I didn't care about Mars. We have camaraderie on that, man. I didn't care either. Camaraderie there with you, brother. (laughs) I would just draw. I would just draw and daydream about anything but what the teacher was talking about. So for me, school was absolutely just a waste for me. And it was, it was just a place for fun. But by 12 years old was when I first started working. And that's when like, like the whole, like, you know, things started for me. It was the taste of like independence and I tasted it really young and I was, it was just simple for me. I was like, someone's going to hire me. I'm way too young. And I went from business to business and somebody until somebody would just give me a shot. Mm-hmm. And it was all based on this wetsuit. I wanted to buy a wetsuit. It was 400 and something dollars, I think, which was like thousands to me back then. And all my rich friends, their parents just went there and bought the damn thing. And I had to look at it in the window and like, how am I going to like, how am I going to figure this out? So I went to businesses and this one dude hired me to clean this screen printing shop, like in the back. And I, it was a horrible environment. And every day I would clean those screens and I would get 20 bucks. And then I would walk all the way to the surf shop and hand this guy 20 bucks. And I did it until it was paid off. And the dude like, here's your wetsuit. I was in tears. I was so like excited and just like, I was like, this is it. I go, I want to feel like this for the rest of my life. And so that's what I did. I started bartending when I was 17 because they thought I was 21. And (laughs) I literally went from scooping ice cream at um, Baskin Robbins to this one like huge sports bar. And I was going to be a bus boy. But they thought I was going to be a bar back because they couldn't read my writing because I write like a second grader. So they thought I was 21. They put me behind the bar. And now I'm like a junior in high school making three to 400 bucks a night. And I'm working four nights a week. Right, wetsuits every day. I was like, exactly. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then, like, it just kind of snowballed for me. But I've, I mean, it's this crazy cycle of life. And I always wanted to be a fireman. And then I was this close to getting hired and I went to a wine tasting. I fell in love with wine. And six weeks later, I'm living in Bordeaux and I'm trying to become the youngest wine sommelier in the country. So like everything I do is either all in full gas or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero middle ground which is a blessing and a massive curse. So it drives my wife bananas because she's like, here we go. <laughs> so, but it's just, it's just this cycle. So from the wine business that I was extremely successful in, you know, I just got burnt out. I got really burnt out. I wasn't happy. There was just more out there for me. And I'd done really well in life. I built businesses. I'd sold businesses and companies. I just wasn't happy. So I took a year off. I just hit pause. I was 30 years old almost. And I hit pause. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to work for the corporate grind, which I hated. Um, and I got really healthy. And I started teaching yoga. 
and racing triathlons. So you, so you went from working. tasting wine to teaching yoga. <laughs> yeah, huge extreme. I was from working my face off to teaching a one-hour yoga class at night while I trained all day long because I wanted to be the next whatever in triathlons. I was going to do it. Um, and I got really healthy, but I also got really poor because I burned through my savings in a year and a half. And at the end, I literally had no more money. But I was unwilling to give up the lifestyle. I'm like, and I was offered jobs all over the place doing a lot of different things. I turned them all down. Um, and sure enough, I just found my way into real estate in 2008 when everybody was running from real estate. I was running towards it. Mm. And everybody told me the same thing. What are you doing? Like, why are you getting into real estate? I'm like, because I have this voice that lives inside me that I listen to. And I ask very simple questions, yes or no. And I go with it. And my gut has literally never, ever, ever steered me in the wrong direction. So they said real estate. I said, sure. I got my license. And then I started working for a firm right away that just did flips and investments. And I didn't know shit about real estate. I And that was just my path. I'm like, I'm going to work with investors because I want to be an investor as fast as humanly possible. So I did that. Got really, really good at it really, really fast. And then I realized there is a lot of information that could change a lot of people's lives like my mom that no one's talking about. Like no one's talking about how somebody who doesn't make that much money can buy a property and not just buy a property, but like buy an investment property first. A huge part of my book and my blueprint is, is your first thing that you buy in real estate should not be a home. Cause if you have one door, one home and you lose your one job, that is a massive problem. If you have a triplex or a fourplex and you have one door that you live in and then you rent out the other three, if you lose your job or something happens, you have three other families paying that mortgage. Hmm. It's just, it's like a humongous safety net. And they're always worth more. They go up in value faster. You can use your 3.5% down. You can buy a $700,000 fourplex for like 20 grand. I don't care who you are. You can save 20 grand in three to four years. I don't care if you're homeless. You can still save that much money. And then you can buy something. And now you have an asset. And now you have a hard asset that the bank looks at as money. So then two years go by, you refi out, I don't know, 100,000. Then you go buy a three bedroom, two bath house. You get married, you start a family. Now you're, now you have an investment property and a home. And if that's all you did in your entire life for real estate is just those two things, you would have millions when you retire. Millions. Millions and millions. And I've helped too many people. <laughs> I love this. It's millions of millions. And now I'm literally helping all the 90 million millennials out there, helping them do that instead of paying rent and starting these startups and these companies. I'm helping them buy these three and four unit buildings as they're like, it's where you live. It's where you create. It's where the business is from. It's like it's these little think tanks that the companies actually own. So, I mean, it's an incredible, you know, just listening to your story, I think there's so many golden nuggets in there. One thing that just popped out to me was just listening to his story of his taking action and his aggression and taking action. Like, you literally tasted wine, and in six weeks, you were living in Bordeaux. I mean, I mean, 
how insane is that? That literally you're changing your life on a dime like that. You're taking a pause. So your massive action taking seems like it's guided you in your life. But what I want to touch on here, because what you went on there, and I was listening because I actually invest in real estate myself. Uh, and I love real estate because they're not making more of it. So I encourage all the listeners out there. The beautiful thing about real estate, man, is it's an asset they're not really making more land of. So I guess we're trying to get this space. I guess Elon Musk is trying to get us out there. But Yeah, we'll be on Mars, yeah. I guess, one day. Yeah, we'll be on Mars one day and we'll buy real estate there. But my point, I guess I want to ask you is, why are you so open? Why are you on this journey now of helping people? So you've written this book, 100 Doors, which is an awesome blueprint for people and investing and everything like that. What is driving you in helping people and sharing this knowledge? And then the kind of back end of that question is, has this really been a strategy to help you grow your business? Or is it just something you're just kind of giving out to the universe because it's who you want to be? And has it helped your business giving away all this knowledge for free? 100%. And that was never the plan, was never the strategy. I just knew deep into my soul, there's a lot of stuff that I wish somebody had told my mom or me at a much younger age. And it's not too late. So, and I was right in the middle at the time. I was like 32, 33, now I'm 41. I'm like, I'm gonna help all the people that are behind me, and I'm gonna help all the people that are in front of me that aren't sure what they're supposed to do. It's this deep, it's, it was so funny. It was actually a, a very simple question that was literally asked to me by um, Gary V, who you guys know, and I was sitting there in his office and he goes, what would you do for your rest of your life for free? And I was That's just a great like, question. I'm like, I would help people get unstuck. And I would really help them set themselves up for like ridiculous stability through real estate. And he goes, perfect. Then do that for free for the next two years. And I'm like, what? Free? All of it? <laughs> Wait a minute. And I didn't know like, this was a literal question. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do that and nothing will look the same. And I literally put my head down and grinded my face off and have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in me and my just self so I can help others. Because I don't think, like, there's so many people that don't have, you know, 60 grand for this huge mastermind. Or they right. don't have all this stuff. I'm fortunate enough where I do, and I love it. I love self-growth, self-discovery, self-expansion but it's my ability to take action instantly. I get motivated and I get fired up and I'm pumped. And that's where a lot of people stop. What did that Motivation look like? Motivation dies fast. What did that time that you're, you, you, you're spending the money, you're putting together that two years, like tangibly, what did that look like? Writing the book, doing the video series, getting the video crew together, like getting these resources together and investing in it. What did that look like? And then where has it, like, where has it grown to today? Sure, it was a show in the beginning because I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what I was really doing. It was very clear to me. Here's my truth. Here's my message. Now what? <laughs> so I went for it, and I literally went for it. I mean, I had a team of almost ten filming all like you name it. I hired it. You went it all in. All for, I went all in, but it was for me to help people. And my friends are like, "What are you doing?" And my family's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't fully know, but I know that I want to help people at scale. And I want to help a lot of people. And the only way to do that is for them to know who I am. 
only way for them to know who I am is to build a brand. And so I built my personal brand from the ground up, and I just did it by just telling the truth, my truth, over and over and over again. What mediums, did, what mediums did you choose to use first? Like, did you choose to go YouTube, uh, Facebook? Like, how did you attack it? Because our audience right now is, I mean, that's such a, I'm thinking this through my own lens right now. It's like, what, you know, okay, I know my truth. How do I attack it like Andy's attacked it? Like, where did you go first? I went to them all because I'm crazy. I literally went <laughs> to all of them. I just said, here's what my YouTube is going to look like. Here's what my Twitter is going to look like. Here's what my Instagram is going to look like because they're all very different platforms. They're literally like different planets because people behave very differently on Twitter than they do on Instagram and on YouTube where there's long format. But it, this is all trial and error. This is all trial by fire. I had to learn all this stuff because that's the only way that I would literally be able to help people. Through that process, I fired eight of those 10 people and launched my own media company called mm. Andy Day Media. And it flipped everything for me because now it was me and I was fully responsible for the brand, for the marketing, for everything. It was the same thing with my family. I took all my money from the stock market and put it on my shoulders to invest for my family's future. So I took on the responsibility for my family's legacy. I did the same thing with the media company. And we hit these crazy numbers. I got an incredible business partner. And now we're a pretty big company. And that's just the media side. And now we're helping all kinds of people and their companies and their brands. And we've scaled this thing like crazy. That's amazing. And I was talking to you before the podcast because I've been so impressed watching your Instagram, right, and how you've grown your Instagram. Can you talk to us? You know, you, you laughed and joked and said the blue check mark, right? So I'm really curious to hear because you've gone from the time I've known you from like 70,000 followers to 162,000 followers. And I mean, that's in a matter of a couple months here. But and now you've gotten the blue check mark by your name. What did that process look like of growing your Instagram following? Like, how did you go about that? I'm seeing the content you're posting. You're posting, obviously, these motivational quotes, but also videos. You're going live. But talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. So on um, that particular platform, probably about like a year and a half ago, I was having a meeting once again with um, Gary V. And I'm like, this is going to be a very Can I, can I ask you how platform. you got that connection with Gary V? Because that's that, I think that would be interesting to hear. <laughs> sure, it was, and it was super random. So probably two and a half years ago, um, I found his content, and it was like in the middle of the night, and I was like, "Who's this clown?" And then um, <laughs> I was like, "He sounds a lot like me." <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh, this guy, yeah, he lines up with me for sure." And he was doing uh, he was doing a show with um, Tony Robbins. It was like a huge show, and I just happened to be listening to it in my car. And and he said that he's going to be launching this thing where you fly to New York, you're going to pay him like ten grand, and you're going to spend the entire day with um, like him and his team. If you're interested, shoot me an email. I literally emailed him right then and there, and then probably about a month later. Somebody from his team shot me an email, and I responded. I'm like, I'm all in. I would love to do the first one, wow. and um, that was it. And we hit it off, and I hit it off with his whole team. And like he, like 
it's so funny how I work. I was like, all right, everybody in that whole building is going to know who I am when I leave. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but this is what I'm going to do. So I literally went and found Gary a signed helmet from the Super Bowl that the Jets won in um, 1967. Oh, that's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. And so I bought it. It was a small fortune. And I brought it in this big old box, and we videoed the whole thing of him and I, you know, together, like, like, like opening it up. But he was just like, dude, that was so nice. He's he's a good dude. He's a, he's a really good dude. He's just like, yeah. dude, that was so nice. It was so awesome. And then we hit it up. And then I sent every person on the whole floor a present. So this huge box, like, you know, shows up one day to the office, and everyone was like, it was small, and it was wrapped, and it had my business card on it. Dang. And then now I can e just email all those people. I can call them when it's like, and now like I've got these great relationships with these people that I can call and I'm like, Hey, what would you do? <laughs> Dang, <laughs> you know that I mean? is so good. That is so good. You're just making an impact. And it's, it's opportunity. I learned because I was poor at a very, like you, you cannot pass up certain opportunities and you might not get them again. Mm. So for me, it was like, I'm going to make a huge impact. And we started talking about Instagram and I was like, this is going to be a very important platform. He's like, it's going to be the biggest. So I tripled down on everything on Instagram. My Instagram page was this perfect page in the beginning. Everything was a perfect shot. It was a perfect <laughs> quote. Everything was curated and it was okay. But like, it just wasn't getting like any traction because you couldn't see like to me and you couldn't get you know, like into my life at all. You just saw this like facade that I was kind of putting out. So what I did is I changed the whole thing up. So what did that look like? So when you ch changed it up, so your whole Instagram, because, you know, in our own business, we've struggled with this. I know the hardest part for our audience when it comes to social media is you don't know what to post. And the things you do post, you're trying to get that perfect shot. And so how did you change it up? Did you just become more authentic? What, what happened there? It was becoming vulnerable. And it was exactly what, again, I like, just keep saying his name, but it's my man, Gary Vee is like, dude, document versus create. No one gives a shit about lighting. Just like put it out there. So I got really vulnerable and just really honest. And what what like completely catapulted everything was my Instagram stories. So I still left everything that was nice and I mean, but there was just it was way more of me, way more of me personally. But in my stories. It was like a vlog. So I use my Instagram stories as a daily vlog. It's got me, my kids, the, like the wife and meetings and all the stuff I'm doing. There's 15 to 20,000 people that view my stories, each one, every single day. Wow. Man. And what happens is they, they, as in all of Instagram, love it when you post between 10 and 20 stories a day. It drives you to the top of the algorithm. So, so by doing stories, it gives more pull to your entire feed. So once I found that out, it was like, it's game on. So the stories are my vlog and the content within it is way more just real now. And it's not so like completely curated, which is literally tripled my followers by just doing that. 
Are you hearing this, guys? I mean, if you're listening to this, well, all, yeah, what I'm hearing is just it's massive action, the 10 to 20 stories a day. I constantly, I even said this to you literally, what, yesterday, Josh? I literally I told Josh when we were talking about uh, social media, I just said, man, my life is too boring. Like, I don't know what I would <laughs> yeah. vlog about. Like, my life is too boring. This is the struggle that we all face. I mean, I'm running a multi-million dollar business and still str- face this struggle that in my is- own mind. But that's not boring. You think it's boring because you're living it. Correct. I have the same struggles. But there are people that literally shoot me emails and DMs that say, where are the secret meetings today? Because I do secret meetings in my stories. <laughs> that's like, awesome. It's, it's like started this whole thing. Like I think it's boring, but a lot of people don't. There are people that really want to know your journey. Yeah. Your journey is very specific to you. You've built this incredible business. So true. You guys have an amazing product. If you're 21 years old, like that's what they want to know. They don't want to see you at the very top of Everest. I'm a billionaire. I did it. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit about that. Part. Amen. They want to see every step and every punch in the face you take. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I got to ask him, though, because I got to get the blue check mark thing. So I know you got a <laughs> oh, question, yeah, yeah. but okay. how do we, like, how did you get it? How did you get the blue check mark? It's the coveted, you know, they've now verified you as an Instagram celebrity. So how did you get that? So I literally had to send them every, like, federal document that you could ever, like, I had to send them at all, like, everything. <laughs> and they have to verify you as a person. That's the first step. And then they don't talk to you for about two months. And then you get another one that says, so uh, no one's trying to be you. Try again. <laughs> and I did that like nine times. Well, and because that's what just, just for, for everyone listening for, for the verification. I think Twitter was one of the first that started it. And it was literally for that. It was for people pretending to be celebrities or brands so they would do the research to make sure that everyone that was on those platforms knew that this is the real person. So that's just a little bit of background into what that blue check mark is, which is why you would have gotten that feedback from them the first round, right? Yeah, and they're like, look, uh, um, this is great, but um, we typed you into Google and we don't think anybody's trying to be you. Uh, try again. And, and you said yet. And, and I'm like, that's basically what I said, I go, you don't even know where you to start. <laughs> but it's just, it was, I don't know how many times me and my entire team, like we're trying to do this. It was probably 14 or 15 times, but awesome. they wouldn't even, like they wouldn't even look at my stuff until I was in Forbes. And then like there was some videos that got picked up and I was able to send them just a ton of media where it's like, come on. And then finally, one day I woke up and it was on my phone. Christmas morning. No heads up, nothing. (laughs) And I was just like, well, that was a lot of work. And the the first (laughs) thing that popped in my head was that was literally one of the hardest things I've done in business. And it was like, to get a check mark on, yeah, on your Instagram. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you, his whole life is just massive, massive action, just yeah. massive intensity. That's so awesome. So sorry, Josh, I interrupted your question, but I had to know on that blue. No, check you're mark. good. I, not to put you on the spot, Andy, but you were just kind of talking about how um, 
you know, what, with the risk that you took by going to Gary Vee, taking action, spending $10,000 to go there, then you bought this helmet, you put these gifts out to everybody. Obviously, that ended up having a huge impact, and you saw the return on that investment. But also talking about kind of documenting um, uh, some of the failures or some of the things. You know, no one wants to see the person on top of Everest. We want to see what other people are failing at. Like, what are some what are some big risks that you took, if you don't mind sharing, that didn't didn't work out for you? And then kind of what did you learn from that and how has that brought you uh, to where you are today? Very good question. So for me, it's all been a massive learning experience. I mean, I've had humongous failures in my life as far as like everything, marketing, business, my, you know, on my personal life. I was actually married before. That was a failure. Divorce. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so like I've had a ton of them, but I literally do not let any of it stop me. And it all just kind of each one just adds another layer of armor on. So Mm. like same situations come back up and especially in real estate, especially in marketing, it's like, so it didn't work out. So what? (laughs) Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to try again tomorrow. And then (laughs) I'm going to try again tomorrow. But like, that's it. People get stuck in their own heads because of their fears. They get stuck in everybody else's opinions of them, especially friends and family. That's the biggest thing. Like, what's my mom going to think? What's my dad going to think? What's my wife going to think? I do not give a shit. (laughs) My wife constantly is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you don't trust me by now? So she's like, yeah, I do. But she asked me way back in the beginning, she's like, when is enough enough? She goes, all my friends are like worried about you because you're posting five times a day on Facebook with all this stuff. I go, it's positive. I'm trying to help people. And people are still getting mad. And I'm like, look, if you don't like it, stop following me. But I guaranteed at some point, and sure enough, it all came back around. It's amazing to me, and I don't know if you've experienced this, um, but I think it'd be a good point, is that when people are doing this promotion through social media and they're speaking their truth, what I find to be you know, always happening, it's not until you get a little controversial that you actually get a following. It's almost like you have to be so real and so raw that people get turned off to you. So if you don't have people getting turned off, and I think this is a great sales point to make to all the salespeople out there. I literally tell my sales guys on the phone, if someone doesn't get a little pissed off at you and hang up on you, you're not doing your job. Yeah, you're not doing your job. If you're not making someone angry by the marketing you're sending them, at least one person, you're not doing marketing correctly because that's just life. So, you know, I think it's a huge point to make to people that are listening to this that you've just got to overcome that fear of that judgment. And I think the point you made is so valid. People don't fear failure, I don't think. They fear what people think of their failure right? They fear how people are going to view them in their failure and they let that define them. So I got to ask you this, man, because this is what's on my mind when I'm hearing your story. One of the things I struggle with in my business is we always want to have direct return on investment, 
from the things we're investing in. So I'm sure our audience feels the same way. You buy marketing, you want a direct return on that marketing. You do something like Instagram, you want a direct return on that Instagram. How have you overcome or justified all this money that you're spending? Has it paid off for you in your business? Do you believe it will pay off? Like what's your methodology there? Because you're obviously super successful, running a super successful business. How do you weigh that balance of, I'm gonna throw hundreds of thousands of dollars out into the world and, mm -hmm. and hope it comes to fruition? <laughs> It's really hard, but some is strategic <laughs> and like some is just like, okay, here's how like, and it's all about self-awareness as well. Like, so if I spend a lot of money on something, I'm probably going to stick with it a little bit longer to make sure it works. <laughs> so <laughs> the more you spend, the harder you work it. <laughs> kind of. So it's, it's true. So for me, like in the very beginning, I mean, I had spent so much that I was already so deep into the game and I was completely pot committed. I was like, well, I can't slow down. And then it just became this weird thing. Like for me, I was great at sales. I've always been great at sales. I'll always be good at sales. I didn't understand marketing mm -hmm. and it was a huge, humongous blind spot my whole career. So about three and a half years ago, I went all in. I'm like, I have to learn this. Like, not learn it kind of, not learn it so I can hire somebody else to do it, but learn the psychology behind marketing and why it's the most important thing in business. Like it is the most important. So for your entire audience, and I, again, just did a podcast on this exact same thing this morning. I go, what if I told you that you were going to spend $1,000 a month in Facebook ads or like ads for Instagram and you weren't going to see a penny for 18 months? But through that entire journey, you would learn how to market, you would become an expert like through your entire city in real estate, and that is going to 20x itself because now your phone's starting to ring as the real estate expert and you spent 12 grand. And in Southern California, that's like one commission check. So if you go from doing six deals to 20 because you spent 12 grand, you would do that all day long. But you have to give yourself permission to grow into that. Like, it was the same with me. I mean, from the very beginning, I'm like, I should be paid $30,000 an hour to go give a keynote. And <laughs> I truly believed it. But nobody else really knew who I was. So it's like you just have to give yourself tons of permission to market and then let the marketing work. And there's marketing, there's branding, and there's advertising. And they're very, very different. Yeah. So you have to leave your hook in the water long enough for the fish to bite. And it's the same thing I tell a lot of people in coaching. I go, do not stop your marketing campaigns right before the miracle happens. Mm. Like there's this thing, and you guys are a perfect example of it. You guys have a product that might not net anybody a penny. And then all of a sudden, that piece of literature, like – like is sitting there at somebody's office or somebody's house and they pick it up. They're like, wow, this person's on the cover. <laughs> and now you get a phone call for a deal and they might not even still even use you. You never, ever know. And what I tell people to do with your particular unbelievable product, and I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to share this or not, <laughs> I take, here's what I do. I take a little 27 second story on my phone of me opening up the magazine. 
I love those stories. Yeah, yeah. I do love those stories. (laughs) And then I just open it up, I turn it over, and then I post. Now I have a digital asset of your print that can work now on social media, and the print can be left in real life. Like, it's a massive tool. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what you're saying there is, and for the audience to take away from that, is when you're investing in these things for your business, don't stop at the primary function. Yep. Always go beyond and look at how else can I use this. And if you're struggling with what to post on social media, Andy is telling you what to do. Take these things in your business that you wouldn't otherwise put on a story or put on your Facebook or put into an ad and start putting that in there because you're going to find an audience that is also going to connect and relate with that. So, and if you don't mind um, kind of talking a little bit about your video series, uh, Unlock Now, because I think this is one of the coolest things that you do. And this talks about how you are willing just to open up and share your expertise. Watching those stories or watching those um, those videos is like getting inside your mind and going through the thought <laughs> and the decision-making process of a real estate investment or property purchase in real time. So talk a little bit about that. Are these people that are coming to you as clients because you have this video? Are these clients that you already have that are just willing to allow this process to be documented? It's, it's like a little bit of both, but it was crazy how this thing worked. So again, here's my really good plan in the beginning, I'm gonna set this humongous boardroom up, I'm gonna sit on one side of the table, and I'm gonna tell you what you should do. And that's exactly what you should go do. You should listen to me, and you should do this. And I did about 12 of those, and they bombed. Like, no one gave a shit, and I got like a few views. And so, I had the same crew, we just filmed the whole series, I was exhausted, and there was three different properties, that I was supposed to go look at. So I actually grabbed uh, this guy and I said, hey, you're just gonna come with me real quick and we're just gonna film. Nothing was planned, everything was organic. He hopped in my car and I was like, what's happening everybody? And like, it took off. And all I did is I talked in my car for a second just about like what I was doing and then for the first time I verbalized what was going on in my head as I walk a piece of real estate. What do I look for? Exactly what stuff costs. All this value that you could add or couldn't add. And then that was it. I did a summary in the car. I hit like, like you know, um, um, send to the team. They put the thing on YouTube and it got 38,000 views. And they called me in the morning they're like, no more videos at the boardroom table. Do more of that. <laughs> and then that's what I did. And then six months later, we get a phone call. Hey, we'd like to have your show on, you know, Roku, um, Apple TV, and like Amazon. And then like, that was the limit after that. Dude, that's amazing. Let me ask you this, Andy. Is um, you know we're you know our audience, myself included. We're always looking to look at, you know, the people who are successful that have had success in their life and in their business. You know, what are they doing? Like, what routines are they doing? What processes are they doing in their life, in their business, every single day that drives success for them? Do you have, like, a routine that you do every single day to make sure you stay consistent? And if so, what is it? 100%. And it's called my non-negotiables. And, like... It's literally the entire foundation for my world. 
And without it, I would be a train wreck. And I would be an absolute mess. And this is no secret. All I've done is I have followed the most wealthy, successful people in the world. And guess what? They all have some things in common. Yeah. I don't care if you're male, female, young or old. It's consistency. Consistency mixed with discipline is like the recipe for success. So for me, it's getting my mind right in the morning. I literally wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. The first thing I do is drop into a 10-minute meditation. No matter what. I'm laying in bed. I don't have to go get all perfect on my meditation pillows. I just (laughs) – no excuses. What's the easiest thing for me? To have as less friction as possible. So it's exactly what I do. And then from there, I sit in deep gratitude for five minutes. And I, it's what it's whatever comes into my mind. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for these meetings we're about to have. I just go into gratitude. It changes the entire molecular structure of my physical body being in that state of mind. It's a different vibration. So I set that tone. And then I go and work out. That gets my body charged. That gets me fired up. I've got energy. And then I fuel it with something good and clean. And I get really good fuel in my body. And then I make like tons of bacon and eggs for my kids. <laughs> and, and then the nanny shows up at seven. And then my wife, you know, like she gets out of bed a little later. She likes to sleep in, God bless her. But it's like, it's, it's the same. It is the same every single day. And then I turn my phone on. So everybody thinks it's business first and business, business, business. For me, business is last. First thing I do is mental clarity. Mm, That's great. And getting my spiritual mind right. Then it's getting my physical body like in a certain state so I'm clear. And then I take care of my family. I take care of my boys and my wife. And like I take care of my – like that's my castle. Like I take care of that first. And then I go attack the world because now I'm ready to hunt. Now I'm ready to go out there and just absolutely attack. And I attack from nine to three, full gas. At three o'clock, I'm home, back to family time. Dude, that's awesome. You know, there's uh, a quote that comes to my mind from Grant Cardone that says, you can't take anybody or take care of anybody else if you don't first take care of yourself. And I think that's so powerful because I think we, a lot of times feel we're selfish when we focus on ourselves and we focus on whether it's our, you know, our ability to spiritually get right, mentally get right, physically get right. But the truth is you can't even, even when it comes to your wealth, you cannot take care of anybody else. If you can't take care of yourself, think of how many people you could take care of if you had a million dollars, meaning like, so you can't take care of anybody else that you take care of yourself. I think it's an amazing, amazing point. Like, like there's so many things that you can do with a little bit of money, right? It's just a tool. Money is a tool, but you can help a lot of people if you have a different mindset. If you're constantly living in a scarcity mindset, how are you going to give anybody any kind of sound advice? Mm -hmm. It's like a smoking doctor. I do not trust smoking doctors. If you know everything. (laughs) What what about overweight doctors? Do you trust overweight doctors? (laughs) A a little more, but not much. It's like, you know, all of the ins and outs of the human body and you're going to smoke. I don't. Nope. Not for me. (laughs) So it's like, it's like the same thing with me with, with like money and wealth and finance. Like if you're poor, you're not giving me financial advice. Or if you're single, you're not giving me relationship advice. <laughs> like, 
Dude, that's the best nope. advice of this whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's simple. Like, who you get your like real stuff from is important. Yeah, look at and what they do, not friends, what they say. Dude, a hundred percent. That's how, it's just it's put, so simple. It's just like, yeah. Put that index card on your mirror. Don't trust the smoking doctor. <laughs> And that'll remind yep. you every day. Dude, that's a great who to Insta- take advice That's from. a great Instagram post. Don't trust the smoking doctor. You got to post that on there's, your Instagram. <laughs> there's so many that smoke because it's a high stress job. I'm like, dude, there's so many other things you could do for stress than smoke. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so last question that we got to ask you, man, and we ask everybody this: is that knowing what you know now, right? So you've been in it now for a while. What would you go back and tell younger Andy? What would you go back and say to this person of what they should invest more time, more energy, you know, do this maybe a hundred times more and run away from the other thing? Like, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? To buy the duplex in Sunset Beach for 240000 <laughs> Because now it's worth 1.8, you idiot. Oh, 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 that is painful, man. Is that your biggest loss? I got to ask. Is that your biggest loss? No, but it's one of them. Yeah. But it's and it was it was so stupid. It's because I literally didn't want my quote unquote rent to go up $700 a month for a mortgage. Oh. So I punted it. Now, that's oh. just one of many things. But for me, it's like there's so many other ways and you have time. Like learn the game of real estate and learn the language of real estate younger. Mm -hmm. I love what you said. You have time. You have time. I've heard that before. You have time. time. You, you just do. I have literally gone from, this was three years ago last week. I didn't have a website. I had one thing for marketing and it was printed on Vistaprint. Nothing. Zero. I used Facebook to post pictures of my kids. Fast forward three years, I'm now getting paid to go speak across the country about digital media through the media company that I own. Like, it's crazy. It's you amazing. have time. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah, didn't it like the guy who started Kentucky Fried Chicken, didn't he start at like 60-something or whatever? I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, the, I don't know the history of Kentucky Fried Chicken. He, he was almost 80 years old. There you he go. got $100. He had... He had $100 that he got from the U.S. government. He was literally in a hotel room, and he was going to commit suicide. Oh, my gosh. And he left, left the hotel room, Jeez. went to the store, and got something to eat, and he realized, I don't want to kill myself. He was broke like nothing. He had the gnarliest life ever. Broke his whole life. Mm. He goes, I'm really good at cooking. So he took his grandma's recipe and started the chicken. And from, I think it was 76 to 82, he was a billionaire. Yeah, it's inspiring, man. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's so many of those. But, I think, But still, don't trust the doctors that eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust doctors. It's a great story. <laughs> Do not. That's amazing. Andy, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your story with us. That's amazing. There's yeah. so much gold in there that I think everyone can take away and, and really learn about taking action and trusting your gut. So thank you so much for being there or for being here on the podcast. Um, please tell everyone where they can follow you, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. It's super easy. This whole entire thing is just my name, at Andy Dane Carter. And that's my website is the same thing. All the social media platforms. 
And my book right now is free. So if you go to www.andydanecarter.com, you can get a copy of my book, The 100 Doors, for free. It's an unbelievable blueprint for you just to kind of figure out how to buy real estate. But if you are a real estate um, professional, this is how you can add value because the market is shifting right now. The market's turning. So if you can get really, really versed on duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes, that's a whole other piece of the market that is going to be wide open here very soon. So if you're just used to doing like, like traditional real estate, you might want to open up your options a little bit. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Then make sure to check that out, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please head on over to iTunes, rate us five stars, and give us a comment. Let, let us know what you thought of the interview. Make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram or LinkedIn. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acre, guys. And Andy, thank you so much for coming on. This guy is the poster child for Take Action. Like, (laughs) I'm now going to start seeing your face with Take Action, not even mine. I mean, this guy (laughs) takes so much massive action and inspires me. Here's the action item for this podcast, because we always want to close Stay Paid with an action item that you'll take action on. I believe the action item that we're seeing come from Andy is that What he has told us in his story of how he took action on social media, all of you right now know you should be going all in on social media, but you're not because a lot of you maybe even have the same fear that I have. And and I'm a person that's built a multi-million dollar business and I still have the same fear, which is my life isn't, you know, fun or, you know, people aren't going to enjoy it. I have a boring life and, and that fear holds us back. Remove that fear, start documenting your life, go all in, take action, and maybe you'll have 162,000 followers in just two years, and people will be paying you to speak across the nation. It blows me away, man. So inspiring. Guys, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 